Hello listeners and welcome back to the Total Football Analysis Podcast. I'm your host Adam Scully and we're back with another episode of the TFA Scouted Podcast. In this podcast we will take a look at players and coaches handpicked by ourselves that we believe are ones to watch for the future. In the first episode two weeks ago, Bryant and I discussed Isaac Hien who moved from the Alsvenskan to Syria which was followed by our first coaching prodigy of the series in the form of Fiorentina Primavera boss Alberto Aquilani, who is playing some sumptuous Deserbi-like stuff with Laviola's kids. In this week's episode, we will be taking a look at Bilal El Canus, the 18-year-old midfielder who was making waves with Genk in the Belgian Pro League, and even featured at the FIFA World Cup for everyone's favourite semi-finalists, Morocco, which is an incredible feat at such a young age. El Canus is a player we believe has massive potential in the game and could move to a top team in the near future. So without further ado... Let's go speak to my co-host, Bryant, and dive right into our analysis of the youngster. Bryant, hello. Welcome back to the TFA Scouted Podcast. How has your week been? Hey, Adam. It's was very good. I don't know, but football club, I, I have said this like three or four times in the podcast, but I love it. I really love it, <laughs> and I, I'm so glad that it's come back. Well, as of recording, you just had a piece published on the TFA website about Alberto Aquilani, which we spoke about, uh, I believe, last week on the TFA Scout podcast. But you can basically either listen to the podcast to get a gist of how his teams play, or you can read Brian's excellent analysis. Tomorrow, he has another one uh, coming out, too, on Hernan Crespo, which is going to make for an absolutely fantastic read, as always. But today, we are speaking about one of the best young players in the Belgian Pro League, which is Bilal El Canous. Bilal El Canous is an, an incredibly interesting player to watch. He seems at 18 to be, I feel quite mature. There is some teething problems, which we'll get into. Brian, what were your enforced impressions then of watching Can- uh, El Canous in, you know, from, from, from the games he's played recently? And don't forget as well, he is a full Moroccan international and played in the third place playoff of the World Cup. Uh, just just gone from Morocco, which is absolutely incredible for a player who just turned 18 in May. Yeah, I'm older than El Cano, so that's kind of sad. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but he is very mature in, in his game style. And mm-hmm. we're talking about a player that Genk really, really uh, likes a lot because they want to value him the next season if they are able to keep him like in like more than 30 million, making him the biggest sale of the Belgian football. So we are talking about a really, really good talent and a really good project that Genk has in mm-hmm. inside his squad. He's a, I don't know how to call it because he's not a 10, he's not a midfielder. He's like playing everywhere. Jose Mourinho likes- once said when he came to Manchester United, uh, when somebody asked him that Rooney wouldn't be a 9 or a 10, and Mourinho kind of jokingly said a 9.5. I kind of like the term 8.5. I think yeah. <laughs> that's my, my, my good term to call it. Yeah, he's like, he, he likes to position himself uh, like in the half spaces mm-hmm. or the central channels, but he's very mobile. He One of the things he wants to make every time is move out wide he's very good his link of play and he 
he's obviously very technical and elegant with his touches to play in in this position. So the way he goes out wide to receive the ball and make like one two combinations and then change the game to the other side, I kind of like really really like that uh, from Elkanus Adam. The way he changes the play, hmm. his executions are of a top technique to change the game from one side to another with long balls, diagonal balls, everyone. It's, He's quite unpredictable too, of... isn't he? Because I think yeah. when, when you watch his clips, the thing that stands out so much is that trademark back heel that he does, which is, I yeah. mean, from yeah, the games yeah. I've watched of him, the, the number of times he tried to get out of danger with that back heel. And, and, and usually it would succeed, which is the most incredible part. He baits you into pressing from behind and he just kind of backheels through your legs or to the side of you into a runner. And it's so unpredictable because you don't expect it from, as a defender, you think that when you're, say you're a fullback and he's moved out wide and you're jumping on him from behind, you think you have him contained and he has to play backwards. He won't. He, he'll he'll get that little yard of space and he'll backheel it to an overlapping fullback or an overlapping winger if he can. And I, I love it. Yeah. I, I hate Ian, it's such a, a bold... It's a bold thing to do on a football pitch, but it's it makes him stand out so much because he is he is bold as a player. He's very risky, and I love it. Yeah, he, I really like that. He's very progressive, very risky. He is always looking to pick like the ball and make pass forward passes, through passes, and all that. But I don't see him at this moment. I don't I don't know how he's going to mature because he has a lot of resources to mature in different roles and positions. But in this moment, I don't see him like the last pass player, like the assist player. He's more like a second assist player trying to make that pre-pass before the assist and all that. He's like uh, managing the tempo of the possessions of Gank and he's really dynamic. I really like how he received the ball and instantly he releases, but he releases it forward or he releases it and then he makes like supporting runs to receive the ball again. And sometimes I really like how he managed the press retention because he's like a quick release player, but he's he knows also how to accelerate with the ball mm-hmm. and make some dribbles, ball carry uh, carry the ball forward and then release so he's very creative with the ball and he's risky and i really like that off the ball he's off the ball movement very mobile and dynamic he's everywhere like in in, inside the possessions of gang he could be on the right wing and then in 30 seconds he's on the left wing and then on the right half space trying to he's always trying to receive the ball in very small pockets of this of the space and i really like that when you're 18 years old you're not that brave to go and ask for the ball you know mm-hmm. i think as well at that age it's really important that you have the managers backing to be f- to almost be free and i know it's a cliche but you say like you know play with or express yourself on the pitch but it is really important that i think at genki has that freedom to roam in the final yeah. tour. you see him as you said he's on the left he's on the right he's in the middle you know, he plays in the half spaces and it's it's great to see he very much has a, a free creative role in the side. And also you spoke about that, the fact that he doesn't really get many assists. I don't, I don't think he, he, I mean, he only has, I, I believe two. Like two, yeah, two assists. I was going to say is two assists this season, which really isn't a lot, but, but one thing I wrote down while scouting the player was that 
he gets so many second assists, so many assists to the assists, whether it yeah. be a ball in the channels between the fullback and the central defender for a winger to then cross to none other than the absolute colossal Paul Onoachu in, in the box, who's six foot seven, by the way, another incredible player. But yeah, he, he gets so many of those passes. And this is always something that Paul Scholes is criticized for as a player because you always see those. Um, now, I'm not comparing El Canoose with Paul Scholes, by the way, I'm just saying in terms of second yeah. assists, it almost becomes people look at assists way too much as a player because you see those stats that James Milner had more assists than Paul Scholes, which is just nonsense. <laughs> of course, factually, that's correct, but you see how many. Obviously, the data wouldn't be available because I suppose Paul Scholes isn't really playing a modern age to, well, in the early parts of his career anyway, but he would have got so many assists to the assists that people don't see that were more important, yeah. arguably, because he'd be the one playing the 40-yard ball to Ryan Giggs or yeah, to David Beckham to then cross to Dwight York, Andy Cole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, etc. What I really like about Bilal Elkanos in possession, it's... He, Besides, he's everywhere. He also likes to really like go low and be with the midfielders, trying to pick the ball in the in his own tier, and then progress mm-hmm. with the ball with a quick release and all that. And it's really good. And the other thing with this second assist thing, he he has managed to really show the world and specifically Belgium. He's really good at it. I really love the way he does it every time or at least almost every time it's the these passes are first time he doesn't get a touch in the ball first and see the options he has seen the pass and he is going for it first time mm. he, the the pass is coming from him and his body posture is really good to then take the pass forward and it's of it's really really common to see this pass taken from him like in the half space to the to the wings like to a quick player activating a space and he's breaking the last line of defenders with this pass it's really good to be 18 year old and be doing that i think he lacks a bit of aggressivity in the edge of the box to shot to try to penetrate but the way he commands possessions and he dynamizes for Genk is really, really good. He can even uh, take a cross and the resources, the technical resources he used to pass the ball are unlimited. I, I, I mean, against Bruges, that is a really big club to play against at that age, he picked up a really good assist. He, is, this was his last match in the yeah. league and he was taken outside of the foot passes to space and that is really really good really brave and the, when we're talking about maturity of the player we're talking about the decision making because sometimes he knows that the ball has to come back to the defenders to uh, to restart the possessions and all that he knows that he, he wants to be progressive but he knows the exact time to progress he likes to play the ball side to with his teammates to retain the press and all that and even at some moment winning like against Brogge even I, I I saw this they were like having the ball in the last minutes of the match and he was really really good 
retaining the ball, having the ball, passing it to his defenders, to his teammates close to him, to really like win time and let the, the time pass and that 10 minutes to consume and get the win. And that is really important to a player in his role and his position to have. Well, before we move on, though, to his defensive attributes, I want to ask you then about his... I know you said probably lacks a bit of aggression as well on the ball, which is very true, but what about his weak foot then? Because we see his his right foot is exceptional. He makes so many deft touches with the ball. He's an excellent dribbler with the outside of his foot. He receives so well on his right foot, whether it be on the back foot or the front foot. But how is his weak foot? Yeah, he, it's not kind of common to see how he uses it. But when he uses the weak foot, normally does it first time and with little touches on the ball. So that's really good to see mm-hmm. in, in some aspects of his game. But I really didn't see like Elcanus using that much his uh, left foot. He's a really good player with his right foot, but if he could work on his left foot, but it's a main thing that footballers have to work on a bit because some footballers are really good only being left-footed and being really bad with <laughs> with his right. Of course, right. but I, I I do feel it, it hinders you a little bit. I mean, you see, you see Anthony with Manchester United at the moment. He can be quite predictable because he has no right foot. Yeah, respectfully, you, you know, you can see he almost tells you what he's going to do. You know he's going to come inside on that left foot, whether it be to play an in-swinging cross or else to shoot from range. And he, to his credit, he scored against Charlton the other day with a wonderful goal. Um, this is re- recorded, I believe, two days after that game. It was, it was a truly wonderful goal against Charlton. But one of the criticisms is the fact that he doesn't, when he's taken on the yes. fullback, he can't yeah. go down, he can't you know, beat his man and go down the right and whip in a, a, a right-footed cross because he has no right foot so I think working on your weak foot is so so important especially for a midfielder yeah. because it, it opens you it opens you up to receiving the ball in, in more situations because you can turn both ways and I think that's so so important for yeah you can as a midfielder if you have a it not it's, it doesn't have to be like the best weak foot of the game but you have to be good at it as a midfielder and mm-hmm. it opens you new angles of passing you can turn your game to the left foot and be unpredictable with that but I really like what Elcanus shows with his body feints and all that and he's also very technical with the ball so his dribbling is unpredictable and the thing with Bilal is that he plays everywhere so this is his kind of unpredictable thing inside his game and beside the the thing i think he lacks about aggressivity as well to add a final thing before we we go to the defensive part of his game it's that sometimes he gives a little more of, a little more of power to the ball when he tries to go forward and mm-hmm. sometimes when you are playing in that position the pass has to be really accurate with the exact power the exact direction and if I, I mean his technical quality is really good and if he keeps coming being regular on a team and all that he's going to work really good on on that tension of the past yeah 
there are there are some things that need to improve as well in terms of his actual physical attributes in terms of you know, yeah, I suppose his, his his muscular build. He needs to, but he is only eighteen. He's a teenager, so it will come with time. Sometimes he can be brushed off the ball quite easily. He is very lean as well, and obviously he's not great in the air. But look, I I, I don't like focusing on aerial duels as a weakness of a player because ultimately, I mean, Lionel Messi's not good in the air, but nobody's talking about it. I think it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's quite. I mean, if a player is six foot four and they 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 can score a header, I'd be. More concerned about how poor they are in aerial duels as opposed to someone who's not quite as uh, as as tall. So again, I don't think aerial duels are something we need to worry about. What we what he can work on though, as I said, is his you know building up muscle so he can be a little bit more stronger. Uses hips better. I know Yaya Torre always kind of jokes about. He did an interview recently with Declan Rice where he spoke about Eden Hazard, and he said that one of his diff- most difficult opponent, his most difficult opponent to play against was Eden Hazard, and people laugh at him because he always says. That the reason for it is because Hazard has a massive bum and he always uses his hips incredibly well to hold them off. Yeah. And Yaya Torre was a colossal player compared to Eden Hazard. But it's all about how you use your body. And Eden Hazard used the body so well. He used his hips incredibly well to avoid. So when someone would jump on him, he'd still be able to maintain his balance, turn either way then and drive at you, which is so, so important. But yeah. sometimes I feel that when El Canus is kind of pressing behind, he can... He can fall quite easily. He could be brushed off the ball. He yeah. won't always win a foul in those situations either. And sometimes it does lead to possession being overturned. Yeah, he's not the kind of player at this moment that can turn defenders mm-hmm. that are looking to press him from behind. So if he to play there, to play as an attacking midfielder, you have to really work on your lower body. You, yep. It has to be powerful to turn players to not get uh, to to get players away of the ball to try and mm-hmm. shield the ball not only with your technical abilities but also with the with the physical attributes. But I I really think he he had he could work on that right? yeah. because a player on on that role and that position has to and the coaching staff and the physical staff and all that they just. They even could be working on that at this right moment. <laughs> yeah, of course. And as I said, he, he is so, so young. He only made his debut back in May when he just turned 18. And so there's so much time for El Canus to improve those sides of his game, especially as he grows older, older and more mature. But let's move on to his defensive attributes. It's quite surprisingly um, decent defensively, I, I, I would say. His, you know, he, he gets back to recover the ball really well. His pressing is pretty decent too. And that's not always the case with young players at that age. But it, I suppose it shows good coaching from a young age as well and a willingness uh, uh, um, a willingness to learn, I suppose, as well, that side of the game, which, again, more creative players or more attacking players can sometimes shun out a game from a young age because they want to focus on their attacking attributes. Defensively, he presses quite well. And as I said, he gets back and recovers the ball. He always helps out the track back when Genk lose the ball and they're in the defensive phases. Talk to me then about your thoughts on, on, on Elkanus' defensive side. Yes, I, I agree with you. It's really decent when he shows uh, defensively. His pressing is really high and intense and he like make his recovery runs and he's active on transition, tracking back the runs of the, of the opposition and all that. But I, I really like that the way he reacts to the triggers and all that, because he really shows an ability to recognize 
what what's the time and when he has to run mm-hmm. because if you are obviously marking them if you're man marking and you're very tight you're not like making surprise if you want the ball to move to the midfield and he's a really really decent player to block and to steal ball uh, to win the possession back against a team that wants to play the ball to his pivot or his six or whatever you want to call him he, he's really good defending us at 10 if we, we're going to to this uh to his defensive aspect and i really like the intensity and the the, the timing of his runs to b- go and block the six and the midfielder and all mm-hmm. that it, it was really good and even if he's not that really good physical as we're talking now defensively he has the arguments to become a interesting player in at every team to go and press really high because mm-hmm. he knows how to defend like from behind stretching his leg trying to win the ball without a foul obviously sometimes he makes a foul and all that because he's young and he's like over his runs are sometimes overpowered but the things he has been showing defensively are really good are really good and i think it comes because Genk is a really organized team defensively and he has learned a lot because of his team context. Yeah, and again, being that number 10 in the side, it's really important that you contribute defensively, especially because, as you said, he can he knows when to sit on the six, but he also knows when to step up then and press the, the central defenders and maybe allow... The, the one of the midfielders behind them to step up and take the six, or else the other, or else the centre forward will drop off and he'll go and press. It's really important to understand the coordinated movement involved when pressing a team up the pitch, and he does, which is again really impressive for an eighteen-year-old. Because, as I said, not many. I mean, you see so many youngsters come up and they're not quite, you know, keen to learn that side of the game. It was actually something that held Adnan Yanazai back at Manchester United when. David Moyes would almost go out there and say, you know, go out there and express yourself, son. And then Louis van Gaal came in, and it was very much, very tactical. And Yanazai, admittedly, said that he struggled with that side because he was so not used to having specific roles in a match, depending on the opponent. And of course, his unfortunately, his, his time at Old, Old Trafford was quite short lived because of that and Jose Mourinho was one, was sold them pretty quickly after moving to the club so yeah I think playing as a 10 it's so important that you understand your role when pressing and he does and it's really noticeable that he does he doesn't hinder the team in any way shape or form and it, it shows that the the Genk manager has such faith in him because as you said they are very organized but he doesn't let them down and I think that's 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 quite an underrated attribute that Elkanus has. I, I we, we will move on, though, and I want to talk about, I suppose, players that are quite similar to Elkanus, and then we'll discuss maybe potential clubs he could move to. Is there any players that stand out for you, Brian, that Elkanus really resembles, I, I suppose? I found him very similar in this, because, uh, mainly because of what he does in this quick release and little touches on the ball to McAllister mm-hmm. and his movement throughout the tiers, throughout the channels of the pitch. He's really mobile off the ball, dynamic. 
uh, he has good acceleration, dribbling, ball carrying as well when he wants to. Obviously, McAllister has been turned into a more aggressive. Well, the in in his first matches at Boca Juniors and all that, as a youngster, he was more aggressive than Elcanus arriving mm-hmm. to the box, and it's and it is now a more aggressive player. But it, it has turned to be a really good player in this role of commanding possessions, making second assist and dynamizing with little touches on the ball, progressive passes. So I find him really, really similar to what McAllister is right now. He reminds me a lot of his fellow compatriot, uh, Elias Sher, who plays for QPR. And I, I believe that he has a much higher ceiling than Elias Sher. I must say that as an exclaimer. Um, again, Cher was at the World Cup with Morocco, as was El Canous. But I think he's yeah. he, he's quite similar in that style of play. When given a free role, he excels. He's quite a nippy player, especially between the lines. He's great at receiving, and he can, I suppose, receive on the half tone as well as on the the front foot, which again is is isn't something everyone's able to. Do. Not everyone's able to receive on the back foot in between the lines. Players like that are a dime a dozen because it's so so difficult. People don't realize how difficult it is when you see like a Kevin De Bruyne or a, or a Bernardo Silva receiving yeah. in between the lines of a really compact four four two block. You have no idea how difficult that is to, to turn there. I, no ch- I, could, I could have a million attempts at trying to receive on my stronger left foot between the lines and I would fail every time <laughs> because I would be jumped by the defender. So they have to get jumped by the defender inside a little tiny pocket of space and move the ball as quickly as possible. It's so, so difficult. Um, but again, El Canoust is, is so, so good at doing that. And I think he has such a high ceiling. Whether, I mean, at this age, it's so difficult to project how how high he can go. I believe he can go quite far in the game, but, it, it, you know, to a really, really top side. But anything can happen. So it's it's just, there's no point trying to project his career in 10 years. But what we will try and project is potential clubs for the future for El Canoust. He was recently linked with a move to Manchester United by a Belgian outlet. I would take it with a massive pinch of salt because, again, I don't really know the outlet. I can't tell if they're reliable or not. And also, agents do this. Agents always try and put reports out in the press that their player is linked to so-and-so because it builds up hype. It builds up, I suppose, it gets their name out there as well so more people start noticing them and more clubs as well, which is obviously the most important part for them. He was, though, linked with a move to Ajax under Ten Hag, which is probably where the link comes from. I think Ajax is a pretty good move for him. I, I can uh, maybe yeah. maybe this season, <laughs> with all their frailties, he'd be walking in on quite a difficult um, time at the club, but it's still an excellent club to progress. And the way he plays and the way Ajax play, I think, suits him really, really well. What about you? What about your thoughts? What What side do you think stands out for where you believe he could kind of fit in and develop. I really like that rumor of him going to Ajax because he's a top team developing youngsters and all that. And especially youngsters that want to play between the lines. You know, they're really good at the RDB, say, and at Ajax. And even uh, Feyenoord or PSV, they are teams like they want their young players to play it's kind of really fantastic i don't know because of the physical attributes but the technical ones reminds me of not reminds me but really fits me in what company looks for in his tactics at 
but also the league on, on at France, it, it could be a really good league for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know to to tell a team even Montpellier could be a good team to replace Savanier and all that. He's yeah. the top player, so you know I I'll give him I will give Elkan more season to see how he develops with more matches and with I think the next season we're going to be seeing him like more big physically and all that so I'll wait for that but really the Eredivisie or the league on I mean there are really good leagues for him to develop because of the playing style I think he needs to choose his next move carefully as well because as you see with again another player who was highly rated in Belgium Charlotte de Catalare who went to AC Milan, yeah. of course, has really, really struggled since moving to uh, the San Siro. It is quite sad to see because he was by far one of the best players in Belgium for the last few seasons, and then he moved to Milan, and it's it's really not, um, it's really not come together for him. And you know, okay, four seasons, you may say he might, okay, he might struggle to adapt to the league, and then four season syndrome, I suppose it's, you can call it. If he struggles again in the next one, then it's not really a coincidence. It's more of a, of a failing. Um, so I think for El Canus, he needs to just be really careful But when choosing his, ne- his next move. There will be interest from really big teams, but I think he has to also think about his own progression as a player and his own development. And as you said, if you want to develop technically and I suppose physically, uh, Ligue 1 is a wonderful league to go to. If you want to develop yeah. just mainly technically, the Eredivisie is... is, is Absolutely, one of the, the the best leagues to go to, and always because top teams are always scouting Ajax, PSV, Feyenoord, AZ Alkmaar. They'll all, they're always scouting those teams because they're the biggest clubs in I are in um in the Netherlands, and they produce so many top top yeah. players. Yeah, when when you see players at PSV, Alkmaar, Feyenoord, or Ajax, you just know that the top teams. Mm-hmm. Of Europe are already on him, Jakpo, <laughs> Delic, the young. Uh, I, I don't know. Anthony, Lissandra Martinez. I mean, uh, yeah, Tagliafico, Masrawi. I mean, need I go on? <laughs> so so many. It, it, it's unbelievable. We could make a podcast on yeah. PSV and Ajax or Fein or developing players as, mm-hmm. as well. Even Almar with Calvin Stanks, one of the players I really most at his age but he really hasn't I, I really think Elkanos with the right move and with the right progression in his weakness and all that could be a really really good player in the future I agree Bryant thank you so much for joining me today it was a pleasure to speak to you as always and to all the listeners at home I hope you enjoyed too make sure to tune in on Thursday as we have another really exciting guest on and then on the following Monday Brian and I have another episode of TFA scouted for you all please also make sure to rate the podcast and share it with your followers friends and families as it really helps us grow thank you all for listening and goodbye for now